Hey everybody, this is Brian Zimmerman, digital content editor of Jazz Is Magazine, here to introduce another episode of Jazz Is Not What You Think. We had fun digging into the vault for this one. It's a conversation between Jazz's publisher Michael Fagan and saxophonist Kirk Whalem from last year. It came in advance of the launch of Kirk's album Humanité, which actually went on to be named one of the top albums of 2019 in our Jazz's winter issue. It's a great interview. Michael and Kirk are longtime friends and they get into all kinds of topics ranging from touring, being on the road, to family and spirituality. Kirk can do it all, and if you're a fan of his music, you're going to love this interview. Before we get into it, though, I just want to take a minute to thank some of this episode's sponsors. They include Cobuzz.com, the world's largest catalog of streaming music and studio-quality high-res. You can stream all of your music in the highest possible quality starting at just $9.99 per month. Visit on.cobuzz.com slash jazzes to learn more, and that's Koba spelled Q-O-B-U-Z dot com. Thanks also to Mac Avenue Records. The label has been showing us the road to great music for 20 years now. A brand new project comes out for them today, February 7th. It's Christian McBride's new album, The Movement Revisited, a musical portrait of four icons. Visit MacAvenue.com to learn more about that project and all the other great stuff they have coming out throughout February and March. Thanks also to Smoke Sessions Records. The label has a new album from saxophonist Wayne Escoffrey due out April 10th. Uh, but in the meantime, their new Charlie Parker tribute album, Bird at 100, featuring Vincent Herring, Gary Bartz, and Bobby Watson is out right now. Go to SmokeSessionsRecords.com to check that out. This episode is also brought to you by the St. Lucia Jazz Festival, presented in collaboration with Jazz at Lincoln Center. It's taking place May 7th through 9th. You can join Patti LaBelle, Chick Corea's Vigilette, and more artists to be announced as they perform in intimate venues throughout St. Lucia's beautiful Caribbean landscape. Visit jazz.org slash St. Lucia Jazz for more information. That's S-A-I-N-T-L-U-C-I-A-J-A-Z-Z for more info. And now I'd like to spotlight some artists that submitted through our Inside Track program. So another big thanks to vocalist Morris Paul Kennedy. He's got a new album out right now called Love in the Moments. You can read more about it and hear excerpts at musicbymorris.net. Thanks also to the band Cone of Confusion from Australia. They've got a self-titled album out right now. If you like Fusion, you're going to like this one for sure. Check them out at bandcamp.com slash coneofconfusion. And lastly, thanks to guitarist Wayne Wilkinson. His new trio album of straight-ahead jazz goodness is called Proceed to Root and is available at waynewilkinson.com. You can find all these artists and so many more at jazzes.com slash inside track. And if you're an independent musician or you know an independent musician, have them submit their music via our inside track program. Their album comes directly to the inbox of a jazzes editor and can wind up on our site, in our magazine, or on this very podcast. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into today's episode featuring jazzes publisher Michael Fagan and saxophonist Kirk Whalem. Hey, it's Kirk Whalem. Kirk. This How are you? Uh, don't tell me. Is this the Fagan Meister? This is, this is the Fagan Meister, and I am here with the Whalem Meister. <laughs> What's up, man? Oh, man. Good to hear from you. Always, always, brother. So, uh, 
Where are you? Are you in uh, at home? I'm in Memphis. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. I was in Mexico yesterday, but that's just that's how that's how we roll, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Although I'm staying, I'm, I'm staying home these days. But then man, again, you I'm got not, you got young kids, man. I I got a newborn. Get the phone. <laughs> Congratulations, I, bro! I have I have a seventh month old uh, Zachary Evan Fagan. Oh my goodness! Now you know you got to text me a picture, man. I, I will. I promise you, I'll text you a picture. It's uh, I'm it's not pretty. I'm gonna lift off the phone until you do it. <laughs> yeah, but 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 um, you know, the rhetoric is that um, my contribution to the gene pool ended last year. My six kids can take over from here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you have contributed mightily, my brother. Oh well, thank you. Both, both in, you know, um, both in, in your own your own actual contributions, and those surely that will come from your kids. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm very proud of my, my greatest accomplishment are my kids. I hear you. So how, how are your kids doing? doing? How, how's uh, every, everyone's doing? Great. Baby's doing great. Uh, yeah. Zachy's doing great. Um, how are your kids? Oh, they're not kids anymore. Your kids are like. Big time recording artist so now. The, so Kyle is, you know, touring with um, with Kelly Clarkson. Man, he's been with her for about two years. But 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 yesterday he, um, you know, he's he's thirty five in a couple of months, a couple of weeks actually. <laughs> but he's, I know. But he um, he just yesterday finished his fourth one hundred mile race. Man, he's one of these crazy ultra runners. Wow. Hundred miles, man. Wow, that's he's great. Told, we got five grandkids and then he has a, a boy on the way so we're we're really happy man wow so you have as many grandkids as i have kids that's right now they're around the same age actually yeah well you know it what's funny is i i uh, we kind of grew up together i mean you and i are about a year apart in age yeah. um you you entered the scene as a recording artist kind of when jazz is started and and you know the rest is history you know, Seriously. it's been uh, it's it's been a, a great run, and I hope we can continue doing it for a long time. Well, that's you know, when I turned sixty, and by the way, it just makes me think of Bob whenever we're talking about all of that. But you know, touring with them for that year, you know, filling in for Loeb and and all that, you know, it just brought back so many memories. But when I saw sixty coming, man, I just thought, you know what, I gotta I gotta go for it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I split up with my manager, who I love, you know, but I, I was like, man, I've got a, I'm on a, a very efficient treadmill. Thanks to you, it's been a really efficient, but it's a treadmill nonetheless, you know. So I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta jump off and do some stuff, and and sure enough, man, I'm gonna send you a link. We just finished doing a documentary, 16 artists, eight eight uh, countries, um, collaborations, and and we did a record out of it. And it's just crazy. So I can't wait to. Oh, that's great! And when's now? Where are we going to be able to see that documentary? Well, we are now. We're headed to to the Berlin Festival, and then okay. uh, to uh, Sundance, and then um, you know, then it's about selling it to Netflix or to somebody. But and, and can you give me a little insight, and, and certainly the listeners' insight, what this documentary is going to be about? Absolutely. So it's called Humanité, which you know, uh, you're a pretty international guy, so you know yeah. that's French yeah. for humanity. Yeah. And. Um, it's about the things that we have in common. You know, Martin King spoke about the, the beloved community. And that we try to actually kind of unveil that to people and show them how music highlights 
what we have in common. We're so very different, you know, all of us, but man, are we the same? And so that's what they're going to see in us, whether it's the number one artist in South Africa, Zahara, the number yeah. one artist in Indonesia, uh, Afghan, an incredible female percussionist from Kenya, uh, on and on and on, Japan, blah, blah, blah. And these stories that we tell, and for sure in the record, we couldn't get all of them um, represented in the documentary, but but it's powerful. Wow. That's um, uh, because to me, you know, it's my ministry, my all of that, you know, sort of all comes together in this this uh, this piece. Oh wow! Can it, uh, are you going to send me a clip when it's ready? It is on the way to you now, and actually, um, we're gonna be now. We there's very real talk of it being a kind of a Bourdain-esque. Um, you know, series. Wow. Yeah, the, the producer lives in England, and uh, like the music producer, good buddy of mine, and actually he and I toured together with everything but the girl. You remember them from England? Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. So James and I have been hanging for a while. He toured, you know, he's got Grammys, you know, with with Charday and a bunch of people, but he's just a dear, dear friend, and he he's got this right away. So. He jumped in, and we got on planes, man, and we met up in Kenya. You know? Wow. And then uh, at the end of it, you know, filmmaker included, and at the end of it, uh, we, we mixed um, at his studio in, in Hastings over there on the ocean uh, off near England, uh, London. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, this piece is powerful. You just you should have I can't text. wait. Uh, I'm hoping I still have the right number. I just texted the trailer to somebody named Michael Fagan. <laughs> I hope there's not more than one. <laughs> uh, but that's that's wonderful. You know, I I think most most of the listeners they don't know that you're an ordained minister. Well, you know the the thing is that when my dad, I grew up listening to my dad, you know, sitting out in the in the congregation, and my dad is just was just hundred percent people person, mm-hmm. and his charisma and a real empathy for people especially those on the margins i mean he hung out with them you know it wasn't about you know preaching down to people he was in this kitchen you know baking biscuits from scratch um for his you know for the guys who he worked with and you know in the church you know folks who were sanitation workers and folks who clean as they say clean white folks houses for a living and and you know he was that guy who put in me he and my mom, you know, my mom is an incredible human being, and they they sowed that seed in me, man. And so now I get to live that out in such a way that, yes, it's about my Christian faith, but it's contextualized, and what I believe is Martin King's, just sort of the thumbnail of his life and work, and that's the beloved community, man. About yeah. Muslims and Jews and atheists and everybody else, we're all in need of, of affirmation and, and to understand that we're, you know, we're really the same. And, you know, of course, you know, certain people have now put us in a, in, in, in a sort of crisis mode in terms of the artists, you know, musicians uh, doing the work of, of holding up that banner. So that's what I want to do. Well, I, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's an important part of music. I think one of the one of the greatest things about if you look at the history of music that you know I've always thought about is is that when there were certain pieces you know from artists that moved people that made a statement 
that it wasn't about, you know, corporate rock and, and sponsorship this. It was about music that reached out that really didn't care about the dollar because if it was that powerful, the dollar came. Yep. And I just got through last night, just fresh from seeing the Freddie Mercury movie. So, yeah, it's, it, I hear you. Yeah. So, so now I also heard, are you still doing your podcast? I am. The Bible in your ear. It's just yeah. taken along. I've, uh, you know, this is a, the 10th year of me reading through the Bible, man. And every, every year, people have spent 15 minutes a day and have heard the whole Bible. And, and this is people who are mildly curious about the Bible or people yeah. who want to learn English. Or, and then some who are really devout um, Christians or Catholics or whatever, and, and Jews and whatever, because, of course, most of the Bible is, you know, is, is the Hebrew Bible, you know. Sure. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really been cool. And it's not, I don't get any commentary. There's a little music in there, but that's just me reading. Well, you know, the, what I'd, I'd love to tell listeners is that when you and I met, I mean, I want to say like 35 years ago, um, you know, we would talk about spiritual things. And I have to admit, I, I, I didn't quite get it like I get it now. Yeah. Uh, and and you were instrumental in that. I mean, I would listen to you and you would say things to me and because they they weren't necessarily from from my religion or my culture. As I grew up, I listened. And what I heard were very powerful messages that I know that you do on your podcast. I know that you've you've done it in your musical life and it comes across not as preaching, but as as Kirk Whalum. This is who I am. Yeah, just sharing life. And I, yeah, you were you were doomed from the start, man. You got Zachy, you got me. I mean, we're we're hitting you from both sides. So <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? But yeah, the idea that uh, we're all spiritual people, spiritual creatures, and you know that it doesn't have to come down to this or that. You know, whether it's between religions or, for that matter, between evolution and creation. None of that. It's, it's that's linear thought. It has more to do with, um, you know, the what's the word um, paradox mm -hmm. of reality. You know, um, it, it has to do with it can be both this and that in ways that are above our comprehension. But we can live into those things and just be curious. I think that's, you know, again, that's we're in an era where we're led by someone who's not curious intellectually or otherwise spiritually. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got to we've got to continue to emphasize those things that matter. You know, I was I was uh, I dropped my six year old to school this morning, and uh, on the way home, I I was listening uh, to some music that I haven't listened to in a long time. It's an album you probably didn't, never listened to. Or you might have listened to. It's a, a guy named Paul Haley, and uh, and um, there's this one song uh, called Ubi Caritas, and it's it's basically it's a it's a chant. Yeah, but well, I know uh, what cars does mean. Yeah, and 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 this chant starts out. You you think you're in a in a Christian church that kind of chanting, and then there's an African chant that comes in as a round. Yeah, and and when it all combines and comes together, it's musically incredibly beautiful, but the message behind it is the mixture of cultures and religion and how when when we kind of make that happen and and reach out 
and intertwined the 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 life and culture of of others and our brothers. Yeah. That it it makes for a beautiful thing, which this song does quite symbolically. Mm. Yeah, I need to, I need you to send me that. Okay, I'll text I'll, I'll, it. Do I'll, something already. So okay, I'll, 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 I'll send that to you. But it, but it, you know, it's funny because whenever, whenever I think of something spiritually, I mean, because of our our long friendship, I always think of you back in the early days when I met you with Bob, Bob James. Wow. For those on the, who are listening, and and um, and I, it, it, I again, it it always comes back. And I, I want to tell the audience, if you don't it, it, bear with me, Kirk, I want to tell the audience about a. Uh, an experience, a Kirk Wallam experience that I had that made me even more spiritual. And that is um, when my wife and I were dating, um, we were driving around uh, in Dublin, Ireland. And uh, we were listening to music. And I happened to send uh, Zachy uh, some of your music. And she was very intrigued by it and, and really enjoyed uh, In This Life. Mm. And so we were listening to in this life and you know, I was, we're dating. So I'm trying to impress her. I said, you know, I, I actually had to know this artist. And she was like, you do. And I was like, yeah, well, in fact, let me call him. So I, I put in a call to you and you may remember this story and, and I got your voicemail. And so I, I didn't do very well because <laughs> I was trying to impress, but I got your voicemail. I wasn't, whether you weren't home or just decided not to take the call, but, but either way, um, a couple months later, uh, we got engaged and we were in my house in uh, Delray Beach. And uh, we were listening to music in the home in this new system that I got. And in this life came on again. Mm. And as Zachy is my witness, God is my witness, um, the phone rings and it was you. Ah. And it was. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second here. So, so, so everyone knows on the phone, Kirk and I, we're not only friends, but we're, we're connected in some way and that I can't even explain, but, um, but we wound up using that song as our wedding song. That was like 12 years ago. And I want to thank you for that. <laughs> Man, incredible. So now. Yeah. You, I, I was reading, you know, not, I, I feel embarrassed to say this cause I, I thought I knew everything about you, but, um, there's probably some secrets I don't, but um, <laughs> there, <laughs> there, I read something about Jean-Michael Jarre, about work that you were doing years ago with him in a piece called Ron's Piece. And Alors, oui, oui j'ai fait un you know, rendez-vous avec Jean-Michel Jarre. Et uh, oui, c'était un morceau qui était écrit pour l'astronaute. I, I, I played a piece that was written for the astronaut Ron McNair, who was a buddy of mine who was actually a sax player. And, um, you know, this piece, you know, Jean-Michel heard it and he's like, man, you know, let, I'm sorry, what am I trying to say? Jean-Michel wrote this piece for Ron to, to play on the space shuttle. Oh, on Challenger? Yeah, he was gonna record it on, that was gonna be the first significant piece of music recorded in space. Wow. And, and of course, you know, that shuttle blew up, man. Right, and, right. Um, you know, when it happened, you know, they were already planning to do this big performance in Houston for the sesquicentennial and the big anniversary of NASA and all that. So, so Ron McNair's wife asked that he would go ahead and do the piece as a memorial, uh, memorial to her husband, Ron McNair, and that I would play, uh, they asked me if I would play the, the, the piece. Wow. 
Wow, so that's uh, kind of bittersweet. It's uh, it is, yeah, and and yeah. it's actually available. People can find that that video. Just you know, search. For, it's called Rendezvous with you know we say Rendezvous, right? Um, with uh, and it's by Jean-Michel Jarre. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. I you know I I was reading up seeing it. I, I was actually brushing up on my Kirk Wellam. That's awesome. <laughs> so you know you you know what I also saw you know you're. You've been an inaugural jazz legend honoree at the National Museum of African American Music. You know, you've, I don't know how many Grammy nominees now, like a dozen. You got the Stellar Award, gospel, that's music, that's gospel music's highest honor. Um, what next? What's, oh, how about that? Are we ever going to do that club? I'm, I'm not in the club business anymore. But, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, you had a really cool club concept. Do you want to talk? You, are you ever going to like? Well, it just so happens, and I'm glad you mentioned. Uh, yeah, I was I was that guy with you know 13 Grammy nominations. I finally won one, but um, <laughs> but you know what the the for concept is for gospel, right? Of course, it's, it's funny because because you know the piece that I wrote, I composed a song uh, called "It's What I Do." And basically, it's it's like, you know, you you hear the sound of it, you would think it was a Billie Holiday record because that's really it's acoustic bass, acoustic piano, the whole thing, and melodically and the swishing on the snare. All it's basically a, a Billie Holiday record, but yeah, uh, the message of it talks about you know God saying you know I love you because you're mine. It's not because you're this good or you know you have this potential or whatever. I love you because you're mine. I don't need any more reason. And you, as a parent, understand that love, right? Sure. And so that is the love that we talk about in this in this ministry. But um, I am, in fact, just finally starting this. I literally, like a month ago, did the first concert of a series. It's not a club per se. It's it's um, it's it's being held in a um, a small theater here in Memphis. It's called Cafe Kirk, and that's the concept. Cafe Kirk. Cafe Kirk. Yep. And, I love and, it. So, uh, so, cause I think we, we talked about it like maybe two years ago. Oh yeah. No, man, I, I probably mentioned it to you even before then, but, but the fact that it's kind of too, it's it, it's in the middle. There's, there's a word called liminal, right? It, it's a space in between two things, liminal. And basically Kathy Kirk is, it represents mainstream or some would say secular, uh, life and then sacred life or our spiritual life because the word kirk means church mm. um even to this day in any you know germanic language the word kirke you know it's spelled like my name sometimes with an e uh it means church and i didn't know that neither did my parents wow but apparently it was it was you know um sovereign already called it um uh, faith because uh it ends up being that that's kind of really where I am in my life. I want to help kind of pull people into this middle space where they're able to acknowledge that we are spiritual beings and that the division that has come along with that, with religion, is actually not, it's not meant to be like that. You know, we're actually supposed to and have in the past, especially like 200 years and, and more, you know, where Jews and, and Muslims and Christians all lived in the same communities and w it was fine. I mean, it was no big deal. You can see that now in certain places, like in, in Indonesia and some countries. But, you know, very self, um, uh, I guess, uh, self, uh, 
self-centered, I'm looking for another word, people in our culture have used those things to divide people, and it's, but that's not the natural state of things. So, so it is, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a proactive way for me to bring great music and great entertainment into a space where, where we can also freely be spiritual creatures. So that, first of all, that, that's, uh, I'm so glad that I know you're, you're living your dream. Cause we talked yeah. about that. I remember how excited you were about it, but, but, um, I'm a little upset. You didn't use the name that I, I recommend. Uh, you, I can't, I remember that conversation. Yeah. It's, it, I, I'm trying to remember what I, <laughs> we can't, it was, it was, it was Kirk Wellam's bigger than jazz club. Isn't that it? <laughs> that's right. Man. Hey, listen, that is a great idea. It's just, we didn't get together early enough. That was oh, idea. okay. Okay. I forgive you. Um, but you know, my, my parents named me Michael, not, I don't think they really knew the meaning of Michael. In fact, I'm not, I don't have a middle name because the story goes is that, um, I, well, it's not true, but we like to say it, that my mom didn't know she was having twins and I, I was supposed to be Michael Stephen Fagan. And when Tupac wow. goes, well, you're Michael, you're Stephen, forget the middle names. Um, but uh, but but uh, Michael is he? It's actually a Hebrew name, and I don't think they knew it. It's it was Mikhail, and yep. it is it, it's it means who is like God. And of course, I, I don't think I'm That's like that. Exactly. But but I but I I try to do good things. Michael, listen, we all are created in the image of God, and remember, God is is invisible. God is not male is is neither male nor female. God is above gender, and we are after. Absolutely, you included, created in the image of God. And that's one of the reasons we got to make sure people know that because, you know, when you get that, then you, you can't treat people a certain way. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Well, I, you know, I, I do try to live my life like that. I, I mean, talk about, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. I, and I try to teach my kids that. Uh, right. And I think, I think, I think they do, they do a pretty good job at it. And hopefully my wife and I have inspired that in them because, that's the kind of people we 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 just hope they they are. And then you don't need a lot of reason, you know, for that. It's just, you know, well, what is this? What kind of person is this? Or this person did what? What kind of neighborhood are they from? Or what's their, you know, what race are? What you don't need that. There's no right off the bat that every single human being is created in the image of God, and that's all you need. Yeah, yeah. You know the um, I I was. I didn't realize it when I was a kid and the album came out, but you know, there's in the Beatles Abbey road album, you know, the last, the last few words on the last song of the record, um, in the end, and you sort of the, uh, uh paraphrase the vocals, uh, the, the love you take is equal to the love you make. I always, always believe that. And, and, you know, I, I try to inspire that in my kids. You know, one of the things is, as you know, now I have six kids and they ask me all the time, you know, what, what do I, what should I do in my career and blah, blah, blah. And I always say, do what, do what's in your heart. And you gotta be, you gotta be true to who you are and what you want to be. And then of course the concept of money always comes up and they say, well, yeah. you know, I have to have a career that I can make enough money. And I say, well, how much money do you think you need? <laughs> and they always come up with, you know, some artificial number. Right. And I, and I always respond and it's, I've done it to all my kids when they're old enough. I said, the amount of money you need to make is enough money. So you don't need to worry about money. 
Everything else is excess. Now, that doesn't mean excess is bad. It just means that you can't use that as the reason you do something. Mm, do, yeah. do what you love. Yeah. I wish, yeah, I wish and, everyone could do that. And you know what? There's some statistics, man, that, that um, I won't cite, but I'll refer to, and that's that, you know, in a town like Memphis, it's majority black and it's minority, and it's majority minority, and it's majority poor, uh, that these people are more generous than others that folks who don't have a lot actually give more, mm -hmm. you know? So to me, I, I, I'm the same way. I'm trying to make sure my kids know that, man, it's about making sure you have enough money to keep up with how much you want to give away. Right, right. But, but that you don't, you know, but that you can still take care of the folks you love. And yeah, the stuff that you like to do, you want to have enough to do some of the, those things. But but yeah, I, I try my best, man. There's a percentage I won't mention, but there's a percentage of what I make that I make sure it goes back out of, out the door, not to bills, but to but yeah. to helping people, you know. And and and, uh, and and Zachy and I are the same way. I mean, we're yeah. we're, we're we're pretty whatever you call it, philanthropic, or we yeah. we just think giving is you know, the, giving's a, a really another thing that I learned as I got older, and that is, it's kind of selfish in a way because I yeah. I have this unbelievably good feeling. I mean, from simple things like when you leave a great tip at a restaurant or you go to your place of worship and you just leave anonymously some, a lot of money and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and you leave there feeling, I don't know, good. You feel, yeah, you feel better. Yeah. You, you always get more man than you, than you, than you give. It's just a fact of life. Absolutely. Well, Kirk, my friend, we should do this more often. Uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, I, I got to get down there and see, see some of these kids, man. All right, and that will do it for today's episode. Thanks again to jazz's publisher, Michael Fagan, and saxophonist Kirk Whalem for a fascinating conversation. Hey, our spring 2020 edition is right around the corner from being published. Uh, this one is great. It's all about Charlie Parker. It's a celebration of his 100th anniversary. If you're interested in picking up a copy, become a subscriber. Just head on over to jazzes.com and click the big red subscribe button in the upper left-hand corner. Uh, while you're there, sign up for our newsletter. Check out our other podcasts and all our other amazing videos. You're going to like what you see. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone. That does it for me this week. We'll see you next time. Bye.